Hey, I'm Emily Duncan Wilson, and I'm the producer of Classical Sprouts. If you love this podcast as much as we do, please donate to help Sprouts continue to grow. Go to classicalsprouts.org slash donate. Thanks. Things are getting spookier out here at Classical Sprouts, with skeletons, witches, ghosts, planets, funerals, and Gregorian chant. We're talking about the DS Irae in today's episode of Classical Sprouts! Welcome to Classical Sprouts, the awesome classical music podcast for kids. I'm Kate Botello, and before we get into the music, let's start off with a little Quizlet question. What animal's main defense mechanism is to play dead? What animal's main defense mechanism is to play dead? Think you know the answer? Stick around at the end of the episode and we'll tell you. Today we're going to listen to one of the oldest and spookiest melodies in music history. It's called Dies Irae, which is Latin, and translates to Day of Wrath. Wrath means huge and tremendous anger. This melody is Gregorian chant, which was used in the Roman Catholic Church. The Dies Irae was in the Requiem Mass, which was for funerals. So everyone who went to Catholic Mass would have known it and would have recognized it. The words themselves are pretty spooky. The first stanza translates roughly to Day of wrath and doom impending, heaven and earth in ashes ending. We don't know exactly who wrote it, but it was written over 800 years ago. Lots of composers used this melody to make people think about death. Let's go on a bit of a musical treasure hunt to find some different pieces of music that it's been used in. The composer Franz Liszt was obsessed with death, and I mean obsessed. One biographer says he liked doing things like visiting hospitals and dungeons to check out dying people. He wrote pieces with names like the Black Gondola, the carriage used for funerals, another piece called Thoughts of Death, and another called The Dance of Death. And besides the names, how did Liszt make these pieces about death? Well, he used that Dies Irae melody a lot. So again, for reference, here's our Dies Irae. And here is how Franz Liszt uses it in this piece called The Dance of Death.
Another composer who was obsessed with things that were weird and creepy was Hector Berlioz. He was also obsessed with an actress and even wrote a huge piece of music trying to impress her. Except that piece is pretty weird. The piece ends with a really scary scene where the actress's ghost is dancing in the afterlife. How do we know it's the afterlife in the music? Here's how Berlioz himself describes this spooky movement. He sees himself at a witch's Sabbath in the midst of a hideous gathering of all shades, sorcerers, and monsters of every kind who have come together for his funeral. Strange sounds, groans, outbursts of laughter, distant shouts which seem to be answered by more shouts... The funeral knell tolls, burlesque parody of the Dies Irae, the dance of the witches. The dance of the witches combined with the Dies Irae. Here, Berlioz is using the entire sequence of notes in the Dies Irae a few times so we know it's the Day of Wrath that it talks about in the text. Speaking of dances, we've got another one lined up for you after the break. So far, we've heard how composers use the Dies Irae to show how things can sound scary and grotesque. Well, after the break, we'll see how it can also be used to symbolize death mourning, and the afterlife. Now that's a little less spooky and a little more reverent. There's also a few really popular uses of it, so stick around. This is my voice. It can tell you a lot about me, and I'm not changing it for anyone. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of NPR episodes centered on the Black experience. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get podcasts. At the beginning of the episode, we asked you a Quizlet question. What animal's main defense mechanism is to play dead? Well, here's a little hint to help you out. These animals are marsupials, which means they carry their babies in a pouch just like a kangaroo. We'll tell you the answer at the end of the episode. Welcome back, Sprouts. Before the break, we listened to a bunch of examples of the Dies Irae theme in classical works. It represented death as a scary thing. But next, we're going to look at some examples where it's representing death more solemnly and with a lot of respect. After all, the Dies Irae was originally used as a funeral hymn. We'll also look at a few surprising places where it shows up. Yes, but first it's another dance. Rachmaninoff's Symphonic Dances also features the Dies Irae. Here, there is a bit of a musical battle between the Dies Irae representing death and music from one of his other pieces, his all-night vigil. Which represents resurrection, or coming back to life. <laughs> 
after Diane. theme that comes out on top, leaving the Dies Irae in the dust. Rachmaninoff even wrote the word hallelujah at the end of this movement in his score. Rachmaninoff wrote those symphonic dances at the end of his life, so he might have been thinking about his own death. A lot of composers did that with the Dies Irae to talk about death, but not in a scary way necessarily. Have you heard of Gustav Holst's orchestral suite called The Planets? You might recognize this. Each movement is named after one of the planets in our solar system, and one of them has a short reference of the Dies Irae, but not this one. This is Jupiter, the bringer of jollity. That's too happy for the Dies Irae. It actually appears in the movement dedicated to Saturn, who was revered as the bringer of old age. See if you can spot the Dies Irae in this one. catch it? It's a little hard to notice because Holst actually flips part of the melody so the notes go up instead of down. That's a bit more optimistic, isn't it? Holst even said that this was his favorite movement of all of the planets. Now, sometimes composers would use the Dies Irae as a prayer for people who have died, like in this piece by Lily Boulanger. Now, this piece is called, in French, Pour les funérailles d'un soldat, which means for the funeral of a soldier in English. Part of the text reads... Let the drums be heard, let the priest come forward, on your knees, companions, bare heads, and silence. Let the prayer of the dead be said before us. The text actually mentions the Dies Irae, that is, the prayer of the dead. 
Boulanger uses the Dies Irae here as a reverent prayer to fallen soldiers. Dies Irae, though, isn't always intended to make you feel sad or scared. Sometimes it's a little bit eerie and sometimes even funny, like in the movies. Film music composers use the Dies Irae, too, when they want to make us think about death. And here's a really interesting place that you can find it. In Frozen 2. In Frozen 2, Elsa keeps hearing these mysterious notes that seem to provide a hidden key to her identity. She wonders where they're coming from. Somewhere unknown. Songwriter Kristen Anderson Lopez found a fun way to create musical mystery by sneaking in the Dies Irae. One more movie. You recognize this one? The Dies Irae is also in the movie The Nightmare Before Christmas. Now, what's neat about this one is that the movie is presenting Christmas in a spooky way. Do you know what other piece of music uses the notes of the Dies Irae with no actual relation to each other? Yeah, it's the Ukrainian bell carol, or Carol of the Bells. It uses the same notes, but in a different rhythm and tempo. And in this instance, it might be kind of hard to tell if the Nightmare Before Christmas is using it as the Dies Irae or Carol of the Bells. What do you think? Maybe even both? Why not both? At the beginning of this episode, we asked you this Quizlet question. What animal's main defense mechanism is to play dead? You think you know? Well, here's a hint before we tell you. These animals are also nocturnal, which means they're awake all night, which is also kind of mysterious. The answer is... The possum! You've heard that phrase before, playing possum, right? When they think they're threatened by another animal, a possum will freeze up and play dead to ward off their enemies. That's about it for today's episode. The Dies Irae shows up in all sorts of music, and hopefully, anytime you hear it from now on, you'll recognize it. At classicalsprouts.org, you can find a playlist of all the pieces we listened to today, plus several more that have the Dies Irae in them. You've been listening to Classical Sprouts, the awesome classical music podcast for kids. This episode was produced by Emily Duncan Wilson with support from Amanda Sewell. 
I'm Kate Botello. Stay spooky, my friends. Bye.